Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Keith Steigert, Uber reader and romance junkie. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Let's take a moment, shall we? Let's take a moment to hear a message from our sponsor. Now, I feel like we should have some of that um, old-timey commercial action, Pat. You got any got any of that in your pocket? Like, you know when they used to do the live commercials for Scrubbo, scrubbing brushes, or, you know. What are we doing a commercial for? Uh, we're doing a commercial for Patreon. Patreon rocks. The end. No, I was just thinking of those, you know, when they used to have the uh, all the people standing around the microphones for the radio commercials and then they'd, no, they'd because go from we're one all to super the other. young. Oh, shut up. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Old timey radio is that out. In movies. Fine. Fine. You freaking old enough that you remember all the old timey freaking radio shows. I remember well. My parents were old, Annie. so they would listen to um, listen to old timey radio. We, shows. we did have a, we had a woman who worked in. She didn't work at our sta- either of our stations, but she worked in Casper, whose husband did the sound effects for Fibber McGee and Molly. Oh my God! In, in Chicago, he made mm-hmm. his money doing sound effects for like NBC corporate radio, and wanted to buy a little radio station and. The middle of nowhere, so that's what they did. And wow. <laughs> did he use macaroni and cheese for anything? Like oh, we do. I'm, well, they they did they used Alice's pots and pans. It was Alice and Harry, and and Harry would take Alice's pots and pans down to the station and dump them down a fake set of stairs to make the noise of everything falling down of the closet. <laughs> it is interesting what they can make sound like. You, when I see like behind the scenes stuff on like TikTok of like sound people, I'm like, how did that sound become that sound? Like what you see them actually like using is sometimes you're like, that shouldn't work. Well, it does. We do these show. we do shows with the planetarium. It's like reader's theater of old sci-fi classics. The planetarium puts stuff on the dome just to kind of, to have some visuals. And we do the sound effects live like they would have in See, the old See, that's why I was thinking maybe you'd have an old-timey yeah. commercial up your sleeve there, Pat. Come on. No, we, need, we need like a typewriter sound like. <laughs> yeah, you, you need the stuff. It's uh, it's very equipment heavy. Have... If Actually, I build my Lego typewriter. If you want to make the sound of somebody's neck breaking, you do it with celery. Oh, dear God. Oh, that, yeah. 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 Celery, I actually read a book. From... I actually read a book about sound effects. Uh, Chuck Palahniuk. Ah, oh yeah, I read that. That was so good. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was a, a major departure for for you know, coming <laughs> up with such a small thing here. I wanted to talk about all of our awesome sponsors from Patreon. We have one new one, and then of course our other sponsors who have been tried and true and with us. Our newest Patreon sponsor is Doctor Heather Baker. Woo! Hey. Whoop whoop whoop. Oh, right. She is a veterinarian. I love that word, veterinarian. <laughs> From Indiana. Uh, we have Brandy, Allison, Phyllis, Abby, 
Meredith, Brittany, Jamie, Morgan, Farah, Megan, Annie, Monica, Taylor, Lacey, and Shona L. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Kind Whoa. of feels like we're like listing the cast of friends. It, it sort does. of does. It's because they are our friends. That's why. Yes. Yes. They're our Very tribe. True. Some of the people in the tribe we have not met personally, but some of the tribe we did get to meet personally when we did our trip to Boulder, which was freaking awesome, by the way. Best time ever. Bonnie needs her coffee to kick in. Because I can't tease her when she's cross. You didn't give us any weird crap to talk about this week what's going on it was a long week um p.s yeah. i i scored fairly high on the gross girl game did you really I, you said you I got think, like 46 percent yeah liar. yeah i was like 46 but some of that stuff wasn't like gross i don't think oh god i oh. got 74 percent yeah, oh but shit. <laughs> the front door you know what i think the grossness I don't think they put some some of the gross stuff in there that should have been in there. I mean, there are a lot of so, gross things that were not on that list. Well, and I don't yeah. understand why the one like picking the dirt out from underneath your fingernails. Like I do that all the time. I mean, it's if you gross, don't, don't then leave it, it under there. I know. Yeah. If you yeah. don't, then it's just under there. Like I have flour under there right now from cooking dinner and it's driving me crazy. Yeah, I did anybody watch anything on the Olympics? Did anybody watch the Russian figure skating team meltdown? I'm sad. Well, I feel bad for the I feel bad for the 15 year old because I feel like she trusted them to not like dose Mm -hmm. her, and that's exactly. But like the silver medalist had the most epic meltdown. Oh yeah, got silver. Oh my god, I feel bad for her because what is her life like if she thinks silver is such garbage? I mean, she was, she was mad like, I might as well have lost. Yeah, well, she was mad because she had like five quadruples and she didn't get gold and she felt like she should have. So Everybody she was throwing a tantrum What's fit. wrong with those Russians? She was They're throwing like a tantrum. creatures. Yeah. But like, she was a holy hot mess. Like, she had mascara running down her face. Oh, she had that lipstick was mascara all over. girl. Martha no. knows her as mascara. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and then like when they did the po- when they did, they could do the podium because the doping girl didn't meddle because she had a meltdown and fell down 55 times. But then they were doing the metal po- or like podium thing. And the silver metal crybaby was like flipping <laughs> off the camera. Crybaby. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. She like was holding her little, pi- her little panda plush and was just straight up like flipping the bird the whole time she was standing there. Like she purposely tucked her other fingers behind now, the panda. That <laughs> is a sore loser. Yeah, but of course. She, what is she? 15, 14, yeah. 15? She no, she's she probably older. She was seventeen. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. she was like seventeen or eighteen. So but she was a bad. she was a geriatric figure skater. Well, then. and the, she's got skills nobody else in the world could do. There, there are no other women in the world who could do five quadruple jumps. Well, then why didn't she win but the she's gold? Got, she's got no artistry, and she makes no bones about it. Uh, yeah, she's just kind of. So it's if you're looking for, I mean. It's an athletic competition. So I would think to me, it seems like the ability to do skills that nobody else can do should count for more 
but the artistry, you know, it's, it's, yeah. The skating has well, really I, become an artistic competition, which is a very different thing. Yeah. They, when I felt bad for the girl who won gold, because the girl who was the doping girl was hysterical crying and getting yelled at by her coaches because she fell so many times. Mm -hmm. Cry baby silver over here was throwing a fit and going, I'm never getting back on the ice. And the poor gold medalist is sitting in the corner with her like panda plush, just like <laughs> sitting there <laughs> all by her herself, like empty. hugging her, like hugging her little Aww. plush. Like, you know what I liked? I liked the mono boob. I thought that was the best one. The what? <laughs> the what? The mono boob. Cause when I first the moguls. No, the, the, the mono bob. Yeah, the one, mono bob. One person bobsled. Yeah. Oh. When I first saw it written, I thought it said mono boob, and I had to look at it like three times, and I'm like, "What the hell is that? Olympic for people with one boob?" Is it done? Uh, I don't even know. Tomorrow. Ceremonies are tomorrow. They're yeah. still. They're, it's running tonight. Huh? Yeah. Every four years. Remember when we did the? I don't remember Pat. If you came to that one i don't remember it was ron's 40th birthday um it was a halloween party ah at our house and i i hired a band okay yeah you hired jd blues band wasn't it yeah yeah i was I there yeah crap like that. do you remember the uh <laughs> olympic themed uh games that we did that year no you must have left before we did it so i i made up all these bizarre olympic games for us to play while we were drunk one of which was my favorite one. It was called Synchronized Singing. And Bob Price's mom was there. And it was the it was a, a tune everybody knew, but I came up with the filthiest, most horrible lyrics that you could possibly imagine. And nobody got to see him ahead of time. They knew the tune. And I handed them the sheets of music and they had to sing as a group. It was the most hilarious thing I have ever seen in my fucking life. Seeing Bob's mom trying to sing these filthy lyrics, which she did with style. Oh, I, I would not be surprised. Oh, my <laughs> God. It was hilarious. It was so funny. Synchronized singing. I think I think that would be a, a, the perfect olympic sport to add can fangirling be an olympic sport because i would at least bronze medal in that. <laughs> oh, Megan. I think so. No. I, I'm going to tell you, you girl, you're a gold medal fangirl. <laughs> Sell yourself Come on. <laughs> if you're gonna... I don't know. The Taylor Swift fans, some of them are like the FBI. If you don't think that celebrities' friends send them TikToks that are about them, like, of course they do. Like, Dude, hmm. Harry and I had a celebrity laughing, friend. Like, crazy at your fucking uh, lighting cues. I can guarantee it. Blue and green for a split second of a moment. Oh my God. My favorite though was the one I caught in St. Louis on the way home when Jenny and I were driving. Cause we were like, we were jamming out to good two ghosts by Harry Styles and the lyric of it, like two ghosts, like two heartbeats. And then I was like, literally sang it. Jenny and I were singing it. And I was like, open your phone, pull up the video from when Louie sang defenseless. She's like, why? I was like, just pull it up. And I pulled up and said, tell me that's not a heartbeat gobo on the stage. And she was like, Dude, holy shit. <laughs> I'm sad that I know what the hell that, she's talking about. That I'm right like there was a gold no. medal fangirling performance. And I <laughs> nearly, <laughs> Megan, I nearly <laughs> fell asleep. So gold medal, girl. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, I had a little drool right here. 
And the funny thing is, somebody like saw her video and then put it on YouTube. It so is. now she's like all famous. It's on a Larry like, Oh my stalker. God. It's on a loop. Like my friend Jenny texted me and she's like, your video is on YouTube. And I was like, my what? And so she sent me the link and it's like a Larry proofs like YouTube. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I don't understand. It was like, I guess I've made it in the Phantom. <laughs> I feel like I am not in the right multiverse or something because I don't care about anything the way Megan cares about so many things. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm super old, if I'm no. jaded, if my soul is black. Dude. I'm like, wow, if, I care about nothing. <laughs> if anybody in well, this group has a black soul, it's me. So don't try to take that medal away from me, girly. It's like she speaks another language. It sort of is. It's like if she spoke Ukrainian. Agreed. Speaking of Ukraine. Oh, no. Look what I just did. Shit. (laughs) Wait, did Russia invade while we were on this call? I feel mm. like we're talking about such bummer stuff. I know. I'm trying to to figure out a way to- Hey, my fangirl was not bummer stuff. I'm I mean, trying to figure out a way to, to, to find some common soul. ground here. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, Martha has something. So, I bought a ball trimmer. Yay! You did said you really? I bought? I was like, oh, mm-hmm. she bought a ball trimmer. It's going to be so excited. I did. Did you buy the expensive one? No, they didn't have that. It wasn't available. I wouldn't Damn have spent it. that kind of money anyway. You know why? You know why it wasn't available? We talked about it, and then it went went out of stock. Yeah, I'm sure it. that's what it was. But it came with drop. like I'll be right back. it came out. It came with all of these, all this, all these different like attachments. Yeah, like ten thousand of them. And I'm like, oh my god, what does that do? Oh what? God, what does that what? do? Oh my. What about what trimming around your balls? Is that what? What about trimming around your balls? Is that fussy that you need all the attachments? Well, I mean, it, it wasn't an, an an actual ball trimmer. It was a trimmer. Oh, it had and to it call, came with like it when even you came call with a, like a vibrator, a massager. No, 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 no. It came with like a little snap-on nose hair trimmer and a little snap-on this and a snap-on that. There's all for all your men's like, grooming needs. Yeah. <laughs> so now I have a men's grooming tool. Did you use it yet? I tried to use it. Oh, shit. That (laughs) doesn't sound good. (laughs) I do not have any um, nicks in my skin. I was going to say. So that's good. I think I just need a little practice. That's all. (laughs) You need practice. Practice. (laughs) Maybe in the spring. Why are you still in Yeti form? <laughs> it's this like wonder t- twins activate form of a Yeti. <laughs> Come on, get out of your be between like a quarter inch and like a half inch. It's very specific. What Yeti Yeti style? No, the hair zapper. It has like these very specific qualifications oh. of the hair that it'll zap. Listen, it's a laser. If your hair's long and you start to zap it, it's just going to sh- catch the shit on fire. Nice. Well, then you won't have the hair there. Move your thing. It's been pretty dry in Oklahoma, so if you use that during the dry season, that might spark up a grass fire. Yeah, you probably shouldn't use your laser trimmer outside. 
Hey, we just Especially got rain. since the neighbors would talk. Oh, come on. <laughs> then Carol, Bonnie what would... is she doing? She's lasering her legs. Oh, my God. Harold, you've got to come see this. There's a woman out back. She's half naked. I mean, I hope that's what she's lasering. Laser your legs before you try it on anything else. No because the fire on your cooter is just terrible. Fire! That is Fire! not the kind of burning bush that Moses made. <laughs> Mic drop. Oh, Keith. We don't know. Maybe he did. We don't know. All this time, we've been completely confused. Maybe he had something going on that he couldn't be treated. Hey, he was supposedly up, he was supposedly up there by himself, but maybe he had some relations. Maybe he had a lot of relations because why else would your bush be burning? Well, you know, this was before antibiotics. So exactly, something might have been burning. We're already there. We're living in a. It was G- it was God talking to him, but. Come on, Vonnie. Pull us out of this quagmire. Giggity. <laughs> I'm hilarious. Yeah, tell us about your book, because I'm sure it's super funny and happy. <laughs> mm, Is that true. what you were meaning? No, I was just trying to get her to uh, not be sleepy. You need to give her I'm, time. I'm, I'm pulling Nobody her out. wake up that quick. Well, it's not out. even that. I just, I have absolutely no interest in the Olympics. I didn't even watch the Super Bowl, any of the commercials, or the halftime show. What? I don't Your even know son who, is a sportscaster. I don't even know who performed in the halftime show. That's how much hip-hop I care about royalty. it. Hip-hop royalty. A bunch of hip-hop people that I never watched because I was into hair bands and Christian yeah. rock. And yeah. you I was going to say, I didn't Bonnie was listen a hair to band girl. So If Poison and Metallica had been up there, I would be able to say all sorts of shit to you, but... Right, I'm me lame. too. I would pay to watch Vonnie fangirl over some hair bands. Just she, she I'm serious. Them doesn't mean she's fangirl. No, she does. For it, it's hundred and twenty dollars for their concert. That's going to be in. It's Def Leppard, Poison. Oh, Motley um, Crue. Motley Crue. Oh, that'd be a good show. Joan Jett. She sends me this thing, know, and she's right, like, Keith, "Let's go to go. Kansas City to go see this." And Vonnie never says shit like that. So I'm like. Well, I might have to Dude, take one for crazy. the team. That's and then I look at the thing and it's on a Tuesday in Kansas uh, City. And I'm like, how the fuck are we going to get to Kansas City and back on a Tuesday? No. And then I look at the, so so then I look it up thinking, oh, well, maybe we can go closer. So I look at the one in Arlington, which is, you know, three hours away. <laughs> and it's $125 a ticket. That's not bad for that many bands, honestly. And it's, it's on not. a Wednesday. No, oh, excuse me. It's on a Monday. That one's on a Monday. Is that because they think that their fans are so old they're all retired? Like, I'm seriously confused as to I why they're That's not, not expensive for a concert of well, that Well, some size. of us are poor. <laughs> Taylor Swift alone is $100. Taylor Jesus. Swift alone on her last tour I was over $100. I wouldn't pay $100 to go to a concert. Yeah, but yeah. $100 would be okay if you didn't have to go to a different city to yeah. watch yeah. it because Pay to park. you're going to have to get a hotel room and Agreed. all of the hotel rooms are going to be booked super expensive it's going to cost $30 to park so you figure that's $125 to get in the door Gas $30 money. to park that's $155 it's on a weeknight and- so you got to take two days off mm-hmm. yeah 
That's yeah. In it's a problem when it's room, out of town. I mean, you're talking. It's going to cost a thousand dollars just to go to that concert, which is insane. And that's yeah. only if you stay like overnight. We're gonna, then there's all these people there. But I mean, Vonnie and I could could easily, you know, get our 80s clothes on. and. Well, you know, Journey's coming to concert in Oklahoma City. Yep. Mm. I could maybe I could maybe do a little trade out for those tickets. Nice. Like Journey. Journey's good. If Ario know. Speedwagon ever comes into town, I like them, too. Yeah. Well, as They're long as you old. don't mind sitting in the nosebleed seats, I always get tickets to that <laughs> stuff. I don't care. And I mean, any of the hair bands, you know, Bonnie I and I will get it. Those. We'll just go to the Walgreens and we'll get a couple of cans of Aquanet, Aquanet and we'll get some blue <laughs> eyeshadow. Yeah, I'll dig my stone, oh, my stone washed jeans. Curls. I'll get my stone washed jeans out of the closet. Get you a crimper. Oh, since Martha's hair is straight like mine is, so it won't curl. So much fun, Bonnie. We'll we'll be we'll, they'll be asking us to come backstage. Yeah, I'm sure. The dream, the dream. Oh, I want that girl right there, all the way from the the balcony. one with the crepey wrinkles. She's my <laughs> she's my soulmate. <laughs> I like the one with the biggest hair. I'll take her. Listen, I like to listen to their music, but I don't know about like going backstage and hooking up with them because those guys probably have. Every disease ever known to man. I'm Ew. sure they have gonocephalorrheitis. You are Gonas- probably correct. Yeah. Is that what you said? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what we used to say. Gonocephalitis. Yeah, gonocephalorrheitis. <laughs> um, no, but that's because one of the fraternities used to have a hot tub party, and it was literally like two hot tubs, and they weren't like big hot tubs. And like we would, Rachel and I were like, we're not getting within like a hundred yards of that thing. It has got a syphilitis in it. <laughs> like we're not getting in that hot tub. <laughs> like, <laughs> Speaking of nasty diseases, Bonnie, does your book have any gonocephal? What did you gonocephal? Gonocephalitis. You forgot chlamydia. I had that one. That's the uh gonocephalitis. Chlamydia. Ooh, that was southern. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so maybe not. Maybe maybe you don't have any diseases in your book. Like, well, I mean, it it is it does take place at a high school, so there might be something going on. Ooh, I didn't really know what to think of this book. It, I was looking for something in the humor section, and this one came up, and I picked it because it said uh, reminiscent of the TV show The Office, but set in an urban high school. So I'm thinking, okay, I liked The Office. This book was not funny at all. I, I don't even understand the reviews that said it was laugh out loud funny because it wasn't. The book is called Adequate Yearly Progress by Roxanne Eldon. And it sets place in an urban high school um, in Texas, kind of a lower class school. One of those ones that new teachers usually go to teach at because they'll um, forgive their student loans if you teach at a, a lower income school for a year or two the main character well there's a lot of main characters because they do a lot about a lot of the teachers probably the main character is an english teacher called uh lena wright and um she also is a a spoken word poet so she goes to poetry clubs and stuff throughout the book 
it kind of goes into like her dating life a little as long as like her teaching styles and everything. Um, the one person I think that I ended up liking more than anyone who wasn't one of the main characters though was a history teacher called uh, Katie Mahoney. And she was kind of a goody two shoes. Um, I think my, she might've grown up kind of rich and went to this lower class school because she wanted to do something good. And she thought if she could reach some of these students and maybe change their lives, she went into this with like extremely high ideals. And like everything else in life, they pushed those ideals down so far that she basically, I mean, it was a real struggle for her because she tried so much to connect with these students and the students were just horrible to her. The teachers were just horrible to her. And now mind you, she was a goody two shoes and a little bit of a mole and not a very likable person. I don't think she really meant to be a mole, but she um, had a little bit of diarrhea of the mouth at times, I think, and ended up telling the wrong people stuff. Because of course, like any good reality high school book, you're going to have the bad people, the vi the villains, which this one would be like vice principal. He was like a real asshat. And then, of course, there was a coach who is very generally written like a coach in Texas would be written. But there's a little bit of history between the coach and somebody else in the book, which ended up being a little intriguing. I would say overall, it was a okay book. I wouldn't give it five stars, probably only four. Was mainly disappointed because I wanted a, uh, a comedy and this wasn't a comedy. And I checked it out of the library in the comedy section. Clearly somebody it, fell down on their job. <laughs> it was a very dramatic book. I mean, it was it was a good book, just not what I was expecting it to be. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, so do I. But it, it was well-written. The only reason I would probably give it a four is for one thing, because... I was expecting humor and it wasn't. And the main character ended up not being my favorite storyline in the book. The side storylines were more interesting than her storyline. You know, I don't care that she was dating the wrong person. So I don't know. Don't pick an asshole to date unless it involves getting your underwear out of your ass crack. <laughs> don't pick an asshole. <laughs> And that was called Adequate Yearly Progress by Roxanne Eldon. I have that book. Like, I bought that book, and I've never read it. Mm -hmm. But I bought it because it has a cartoony, cutesy cover, and I figured it must be a romantic comedy because it's all cutesy and and fun-looking cover. I don't know. And it was in the romance section of Are my... you sure it isn't, like, black comedy? You know how, it, how when... Because there were a couple of times, like... um. That one book, My Year of Re Rest and Relaxation. Has anybody read that one? No. It was basically, I read it. And it, it's basically about this girl who takes off. She, she sets everything up so that she is, she can take the whole year off. And she puts all of her bills on auto pay and does all this stuff so that she can have a whole year off. And then she does nothing but try to sleep the whole time. So she basically has to take drugs all the time to sleep. And all this weird shit happens to her. But I was so put off by the idea of somebody drugging themselves to sleep all year that I didn't 
I didn't like it. Well, it turns out it's supposed to be kind of funny. Or at least but you didn't get the memo. No, I evidently I well, did not. I mean, if you think that the problems that a lot of the um, lower class youth face, like fighting and not having an adequate education, racism, hmm. and um, no, fighting and gangs. No, that does not sound like dark humor to me. Unless it's, it's not getting really enough to dark. Eat at home so they have to eat at school i mean if any of that's funny to you then maybe hmm. see this, this is funny. another argument about like the covers of books i seriously the way the cover looks i thought it was a young adult romance romantic yeah. well, comedy there is, okay, there I gotta is a Google little bit of now. romance in it but not a lot of romance but yeah it doesn't if you're gonna have like a book with it's, like issues you shouldn't have cartoony people on the yeah, cover it's not a romance book it's not a humor book it's uh it's just a fiction novel and yes, it's more I'm taking off my tv <laughs> i mean I it, was a, it was a good book and it brings up a lot of a lot of like thoughts and questions about especially about this one teacher who tries to make a difference in these students life then she ends up like going through a lot of hell and getting accused of a lot of things that she never meant, you know, to. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I agree. It's kind of a happen. cartoony rom com looking cover. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, one funny thing in it is that the one history teacher that I'm talking about has an anonymous blog. And so she puts stuff that happens in her blog in such a way that you don't know that it's something that's happening to her or you don't know what school it's happening in. And a lot of the teachers that she works with that she's talking trash about during the blog, like follow her and comment, you go girl, give them <laughs> hell. And she's talking about them in her blog. Now that part's a little funny, like not ha ha funny, just like, right. this is why I don't nap funny. during the day because when I nap, I'm just, I'm, I'm, gone you know what you look like when you got on you look like you didn't even know what year it was <laughs> like you That's fell asleep and woke up in 1985 or something like who the fuck was I'm supposed like, to feed me <laughs> is it is it monday already what day? Oh, damn it i'm late for school I again yeah. i don't understand <laughs> i've totally done that before gone to sleep in the after in the um early evening when the sun was still up and then woke up and the sun was down and I would think it was morning and start to get ready for school slash work, whichever section of my life it was in. And then look at the clock. I'm like, Oh shit. No, it's 10 PM. I can go back to bed. Yay. <laughs> Cause I don't even know what fucking day or time it is anymore. Hear that. Sometimes when I wake up, well, did you my, get... When I lived with my sister, she told me, she like, I never talked to you in the morning until you had at least half a cup of coffee. And then I would approach you very, very slowly. <laughs> did, like you a give, uh, did you give um, Title and Artist? You did. Okay. Did I give it the second time? Really? Uh -uh. I don't think you did. Adequate Yearly Progress by Roxana Eldon. All right. Shall we move right along? Keith. So the book I read this week is called Getting Clean with Stevie Green by Swan Huntley. 
And thank you to Jennifer at Over the River Public Relations because she sent this book to us um, a while back asking to review it. So this book is about Stevie Green. I love these titles that like are long and tell you exactly what's going on in them with the name of the person because then I don't forget the main character. Uh, so Stevie Green, um, her life is like a cluster. Uh, she's 37 and she has this really rich mother and her mom kind of enables her behavior. So she basically like just goes from place to place, like city to city and works at some really kind of crappy job for a while. And she's a huge binge drinker. Um, and basically when she gets into a nasty situation or she gets bored, she just goes to another place. So, um, she just does not really have her life together. She, like I said, she's a binge drinker. She sleeps with strange men all the time. Like she wakes up and she has no idea who she's with and she's never had a sexual encounter while she's sober, which is just crazy to me. But, um, she goes home to California because her mom is moving into a new place and she wants to help her to get ready to move. And she realizes, um, like when she was young, she was very organized and um, she realizes that she loves organizing her mom's stuff. So she becomes kind of um, like, you know, Marie Kondo, how she has that whole like decluttering your life thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it. Yes, but she thinks that's stupid. Her thing is you hold up your hands and you say about an object, yes or no. And you get five seconds and if you don't know, then it's a no. And that's like oh. her big, her big woohoo, bright that idea. That sounds very stressful. Light bulb moment. But so that's what she starts doing. Like, so for six months, she's had this getting clean with Stevie Green business. And she just goes to people's houses and basically helps them unhoard. <laughs> and them um, unhoard. I love yeah, that. Like, get rid of all their crap. And she, she really wants to be the best. And there's this other woman on Yelp who's been doing it longer. So her whole, her whole goal in life is to get more positive reviews than this other super old lady who cleans all the time. Um, this book was really, really interesting because Stevie is just not, she's one of those characters that you, you don't, really like because she's very um she's very on the surface about everything like she the whole book is kind of like her talking to us as the reader about what she's doing and she really the whole book kind of like she's lying to herself almost and you can tell that she's doing it but she's just very surface level she has a lot of really funny interactions <laughs> with these people who she's like trying to clean their houses. But most of the book is about the fact that when she was 17 in high school, this incident, and she keeps calling it the incident. You have no idea what the incident is, but it happened to her and it was so incredibly destroying that she, she had straight A's and was gonna go to Stanford and it completely wrecked her life. She didn't go to college. Um, like her grades tanked 
She almost dropped out of school. And 20 years later, she still thinks about it constantly. Wow. She goes to a cafe very early in the book and her very best friend in high school, she, she runs into her cause she's moved back home. And the first thing she pretty much says is, do you have an apology for me? And the woman's like, I didn't do anything to you. So no. And so you get that they've severed this insanely close relationship that they had because this woman never apologized for something. And Stevie's just like, okay, well then that's it. Um, so the whole book is really interesting because it's, it deals with so many of her relationships. Like she just keeps going back to this high school thing. Like she lost her high school boyfriend because of this incident thing. And she tries to kind of get back with him just, I guess, to prove that she can. Um, she's trying to, she's trying to declutter and fix people's lives. And her life is still so messed up because she doesn't, she doesn't really, um, look beneath the surface of her own life and look into her relationships. She has this sister that she hires for the business and her sister and she don't have a great relationship. Like I said, her mom just kind of spoils her and lets her do whatever she wants and enables her. And they have all these secrets amongst like her friend and her and her mother and her sister and all these things that come out that Stevie has to kind of explore, but you can tell she doesn't really want to. And she, and she stops drinking because she's getting clean in all these ways. And she's completely like starting over her life. But you know how in your car you have um, like a little thing in the bucket seat, like maybe you have like a little compartment. She keeps three bottles of alcohol in there as proof to herself that she doesn't drink. But then anytime, all it takes is somebody to say like, oh, do you want to get a drink? And she's not strong enough to say no because she does whatever anybody wants. It was a really fascinating book because she just keeps talking about how she's gotten her life together. And you know the whole time that she hasn't because she's just basically started over in a new city again. And she's she's hard to like, but you're kind of rooting for her because she's lived this really weird garbage life. And <laughs> I couldn't get past the point that she's still stuck in high school. I mean, it's 20 years later and this high school thing just completely consumes her so much that every time she sees someone, they talk about it and she thinks about it. And hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of funny when you figure out what destroyed her life. But, I mean, um, to be fair, my friends and I still hold a grudge against the hockey team. <laughs> yeah, it's just because it, it... you hold a grudge so much that like you don't have real relationships and you binge drink constantly and you no. have to like move from sit. I mean, her life is really bizarre. I mean, it kept her from going to college. Yeah, that's insane. It's really not the kind of book I generally read and but I really liked it. It was really interesting just to see how she really just lives on the surface. And then once she just kind of thinks about 
what's going on in her life and what caused her to get there, she really starts making progress. But I'm, you'd almost have to read it because it's just, it's a really interesting look at a person, a character that you might not like. And I don't know if she ever really redeems herself, but hmm. she, she gets close, I guess. Hmm. But it was really, really good. <laughs> it's really very funny watching her be like the Marie Kondo okay, are we going to get rid of this? Because some of these people have some real problems with hoarding. And she's just like, oh, look, I'm I'm really put together and you should be too. And we're thinking, oh my God. No, you're, you're not. Marie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kondo really lost me book. at like, you can only have like five books. And I was like, 30. fuck right off. 30. Oh my gosh. 30. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Marie still, Kondo, she bugs Still fuck me. right off. Yeah. I, I, I we washed never... our hands of her a long time ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, see, my philosophy is if she says I can have 30, but if all 130 of them bring me joy, then I found a loophole. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, do your taxes bring you joy? I have a lot of things that bring, don't bring me joy that I probably need to keep in my house. Yeah. Like mm, true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I really liked it. It was a really good book. I, uh, I totally recommend it. And that was getting clean with Stevie green by Swan Huntley. Awesome. Ms. Griner, what'd you bring to the table today? Oh, a little South American adventure. Ooh. Ooh. The River of Doubt. This is this is a true story. This is nonfiction. And something I had not ever realized in my life. After his terms as president, Theodore Roosevelt went to South America and explored the length of a river that no one, no, at least no white people had ever gone all the way down and charted it whether the whether the indigenous indians in the brazilian jungle had or not we don't know but hmm. candace millard is the author uh, and she's done a marvelous job of researching it I and mean, everything is very well documented and but this trip was sort of doomed from the start it was uh they they hired as she goes into for for pretty good detail they hired the wrong person to like equip the uh, the group and and they didn't realize how long it would take to portage uh, travel across the, the highlands to get to the head of this river before they they had used a good part of their supplies and found themselves at the head of the river already a little short on supplies and with no canoes at all they had to bargain for dugouts from the indians and and then the trip down the river it's like there's poisonous well there's piranha there's poisonous snakes there's there's candiru which are a fish you really do not want to run into where piranhas you know all about the big nasty teeth candiru are little tiny like maybe an inch or two inches long almost transparent but they are attracted to the ammonia, they think, in a urine stream. Oh, and we've talked about these fish before. Yes, they, they I wondered swim. if that was the fish you met. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> swim up the man's penis. Yep, and get lodged there. And mm. because they have nasty barbs that like <laughs> in that, yeah. So yeah, there are all sorts of reasons. I mean, just they're short on food almost from the beginning everybody's sick and even though there are big you know big poisonous things big nasty snakes big the real problem is little tiny bugs 
the insects were driving them crazy. So, okay, here's a big spoiler alert. Teddy Roosevelt did live to get to the end of this trip. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, I'll tell you, if you didn't, if you, if you knew nothing about American history and didn't know that Teddy Roosevelt lived on for some years after this, I think at least six or eight, you would be going, are they going to make, are any of them going to survive? Because he's, he's in really bad shape. What, but it's, it's a fascinating story and the whole, and there's lots of, besides just exploring the river, there's all these little kind of side things about, for example, the relationship amongst the, uh, the Portuguese settlers in Brazil and the indigenous people and how they were trying to arrive at some kind of a balance between those forces and what was going on in the Amazon, even back then, as far as uh, using up natural resources, they were, the Amazon was being explored principally because it was a source of rubber. And suddenly with the advent of the, of the auto industry, rubber was in big demand. So, yeah, it's economics drives everything, but just a really interesting book and very well written and, and, a side of Teddy Roosevelt, you know, we all think, you know, most people know he was like, you know, he came out and did the American frontier thing and rough rider leading the charge up the hill. But yeah, he, he really truly had an adventurous spirit hmm. and he went on the whole trip because he had lost his third, his try for the presidency in 1912. And what they said, whenever, whenever he faced any kind of a difficulty, whenever something, whenever he didn't, wasn't successful at something, his answer to that was to put himself in physical hardship, if not actual peril, was mm -hmm. to, to literally work it out of his system. And so he was like, yeah, I'll go to South America and explore this river, which is now called the Rio Roosevelt. Oh. <laughs> so it's a cool. tributary of a tributary of the Amazon. <laughs> Awesome. You know, I have to give like early explorers some credit because they had no fear. Oh, I'm sure they had fear, but because I don't <laughs> like, think they knew what they were getting into. That's what yeah, I think. Like, yeah, but like, I would never be like, I'm going to go to South America and hurl myself down a river that I don't know what's on the other end. Like that would not be on my list of things to do today. Yeah, but that's because, you know. <laughs> That was before they knew about the penis fish. Yeah, when that, that, <laughs> I'm sure that the penis fish probably changed a lot of minds that day. <laughs> I just like, I just think about that, like, especially like watching, like, even like watching Outlander and like reading books of like Western movement. Like, when you just think about like, my ancestors crossed a freaking mountain and had no idea it was on the other damn side. Like, well, yeah, I mean, like, we yeah, I'm like with no, no roads. They were just like, see that hill? We're going over it. And you're like, uh, why? Why can't we just stay on this side of the hill? <laughs> you would not have yeah. made a good explorer, Megan. Nope. See, I'm like, all hey. about that. I'm all about sign me up. Let's go. No, I'd be like, let me know once you carve a path. I'll follow. <laughs> say it, Bonnie. <laughs> say what you're going to say. I'm pretty sure, Martha, that you would not be. If, if I told you, I'm like, see that mountain over there that has no hills, wildlife, and bugs that are going to crawl over you at night? Go ahead and hike up it, and I'll see you in two weeks. You'd be like, nah, I'm going to stay no. right here on my couch. <laughs> with my I was waiting for you. you told see? her, 
There were rocks up there. And then I'd go. Martha would walk up a freaking mountain to pick up rocks. Yes, I would. But, but not to stay for dream. two weeks. Not to keep. I'd do it. If the if the rocks were right, I would go. But you wouldn't know what rocks were there because no one had been there yet. It's part of being an explorer. They could be just crappy old rocks. I mean, you may well, get to the other side of the mountain and Jamie Frazier is there waiting for you, but you just mm, don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, even that's know your who the hell dream. Jamie Frazier is. He's, he's an outliner. Outlander. 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 Anyway. Moving right along. Megan. Speaking of adventures. Wait, did Pat get to say her? Oh, yeah. No. Say your, say your. The River of Doubt by Candace Millard. That sounds really good. That sounds like my kind of book. I think mm. you would like it. Yeah, I was thinking that the whole time she was describing it. I was thinking, man, that sounds like a Vani book. I mean, I don't want to explore and go... <laughs> Find yeah, you just want to read fish. about it. But I, I'd read about a president doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find out if Roosevelt got something up his pee-pee. <laughs> That's the only reason you want to read it. Admit it. I want to see if Roosevelt had a fish swim up his urethra. Serious. He has minions to pull the boat in the water. So I that thought he you were going to say he has in. minions to pull the fish out of his urethra. <laughs> that also is accurate uh, statement. That would hurt. I would not want to be that minion. Nope. No. <laughs> Either way, I don't want to be that minion. No. Okay, Megan, what do you got? All right. So I have Kingdom of the Wicked by Carrie Menescalco. And I have reviewed her books before. She wrote the Stalking Jack the Ripper series that I love. Um, So she is one of those authors that, like, it's an immediate pre-order. Like, the minute the book is out, I'm like, yes, it's going to be great. I already know. Uh, This is the first book in a trilogy. The third one comes out later this year. They just did the cover reveal for it, and it looks so good. Um, So it's awesome. And so we start with, we have two twin sisters, and I want to say they're in Italy, if memory serves me right. It's been a minute since I read it. Um, So we have Amelia and uh, Vittoria, and they are witches who secretly live amongst humans. Like they, their coven is secret and like they don't really like practice magic. Um, Their grandmother practices, like, they use a little bit, just like a sprinkle here and there. And you kind of feel like this is going to be like a happy story until it's not. And it's not a spoiler because it's in the blurb. Uh, So really early on, Amelia finds her twin sister murdered in a church. And and not just like a little murdered, like big murdered. Like, how can you be a little murdered? (laughs) Not just like, oh, broken neck. Yeah, like not a little murdered, like murder, murdered, like bloody, gory, like torn up, murdered. And obviously she's just devastated. She sees someone like over her sister. So she's like, who the hell was that dude? And tries to like chase him around. And she starts to practice some not so white magic. She goes to the dark, a little bit of dark magic because she's trying to like figure out who... This, her her sister's murderer is and one of the her friends family has like a history of like tampering with magic that shouldn't be tampered with and like going insane like the magic drives them insane so she knows exactly who to go to to be like hey I need some sketchy magic hook a sister up and when 
she ends up with like the knife, like the killer left a knife behind. So she's using the knife to like summon somebody to like figure out what, who killed her sister. Uh, she ends up summoning Wraith, who is one of the princes of hell. Mm. And ooh, yeah. Mm. Um, and she doesn't really understand the magic she's using. So the spell and the summoning that she does um, has some side effects that you learn about later um, that make it interesting in her relationship with uh, with Wraith. And they're basically spending the whole book, like, you know that there's something else going on. Like, there's an ulterior motive happening with Wraith. You're just not sure what it is. And everyone's kind of, like, hunting different things like there's still more like witches being murdered throughout the country so she's like are how are these connected and why are these with like is someone trying to like use some kind of dark magic or using the witches to use dark magic to summon something like it's just really an adventurous thing and everybody has secrets and no one's really exactly who you think they are sometimes um but yeah, it was super fun. I really enjoyed it. I read the second one like immediately after I finished the first one and I can't wait for the third one. Um, but the whole book just is her and Wraith trying to solve the murder of her sister, solve the other witch murders. People are hunting that as are hunting her, but it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you guessing like, okay, like who's messing with her now? Like you see some other princes of hell kind of dabbling around trying to get to her. Um, like she ends up at like a beach party. That's all like lusts doing. And like Wraith has to go in and like yank her out and be like, Hey, my brother's fucking with you. Like snap out of it. Whatever you're doing on this beach is not real. <laughs> like get out of here. Um, so it's a lot of fun. She has to figure out who she can trust and it, can she trust the people that she thinks she can? Can she trust, like she has a crush on one of the guys at the church who's one of the, pre he's not a priest yet. Maybe he's he a is. monk wannabe. Kinda, yeah. Like he's kind of like a monk wannabe and like their relationship and how he plays into things because he is around and then not around and then kind of reappears. So um, yeah, just lots of secrets from each other and Everybody has something they're trying to hide, basically. I highly recommend it. I gave it five stars. I can't wait for the third one because the second one was a roller coaster. How many Megan blushes was it? Um, I would say it was a... It was, I, I will say the second book was more <laughs> Megan blushes. The first book was like a one and a half Megan blushes. Um, the second book gets a little more blushy, uh, but it wasn't even really that blushy. Like I just didn't expect it from her. Like all of a sudden I was reading and I was like, oh, okay, she went there. Like we're here. Okay, we went there. I uh, knew it was coming. And when I found out Megan was reading it, I was like, I can't wait till she gets the smutty part. It was good. <laughs> but like, I don't mind the smut because the smut in this case, like was there with purpose. Like it, it works in the second book. But yeah, the second book is a little, I would give it like two and a half Megan blushes. But the first one was like one Megan blush because there wasn't a whole lot. It was more about like finding out who everybody is and kind of building up the world. But it was great. And that is Kingdom of the Wicked by Carrie Menescalco. All right, last but not least, I 
the book that I picked this week is very strange. Imagine that. No way. Imagine me no. picking something strange. Never. But strange. But strange in a different sort of way. It's called Lurkers by Sandy Tan. I wasn't really sure what to think about this book, honestly, because it was one of those that it describes a whole bunch of different stories that you kind of know eventually are going to all meet. It takes place in a neighborhood and on the street called Santa Claus Lane, which is where all of these people live. I know it's really a funny name. <laughs> um but it's just a regular neighborhood in some place in California, L.A. maybe. And there are so many different kinds of people that live there. There's, one of the storylines is there's a Korean couple who has, the, in the beginning of the book, the dad commits suicide. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it sort of tells, tells their story about the two girls that live there and the mom and some of the things that they went through. And then there's a story about the horror writer who lives in one of the houses and sort of gives his background. And then you find out a little bit about the lady who lives down the way who's, she adopted a child from Operation Baby Lift. Do you remember hearing about that, Pat? From no. Viet, from Vietnam? Mm -hmm. uh, oh. Yeah, there's a, uh, where they take a bunch of kids out of Vietnam to bring back here and the plane crashes and it's really horrific but her daughter the person the child that she was planning to adopt survives and so it, it's sort of 20 years later you know where you find out about about them a little bit and then there's another sort of storyline with the pedo theater teacher where you know something really sketchy is going on, but you're not sure exactly what he's got planned because he casts these two young people in a quote play, a secret play, and they can't and they can't tell anybody about it. And he does the rehearsals at his house. Ugh. Oh my god! The, but it, the thing that made this so interesting is it was sort of like a bunch of short stories, only they're all connected in some way. They're like almost almost uh invisibly connected because they all live on the same street and so they sort of run into each other at different times during the story but it was so enjoyable to read and such a the, the stories that were within it were so fascinating to me I thought it was incredibly well written but as I was going through the Goodreads stuff just now, I noticed that people either gave it five stars or one star. People loved it or hated it. And I seem to be drawn to those kinds of books, I guess. Because I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, but it was really good. I really enjoyed it a lot. It was called Lurkers by Sandy Tan. Y'all want to know about the book I DNF today? Um, sure. It's called Oh yeah, Ice Planet I'm, Barbarians. Hey, I mean, ah. I made it 30, 30 pages in before I before I dropped it. I can't say I have added that to my TBR. Well, I thought it was you know it takes place in space, so I thought maybe true. Well, all sounded good until thirty pages in. I know why she started reading it because I posted a picture of uh, that company that's making a, a dildo, dildo based on yeah. their. Uh, I was really intrigued by that big blue dildo. 
<laughs> so it's like maybe I could get through it. And it's like no, not not gonna happen. Not not gonna happen. It's really not the most plot-driven book. <laughs> well, the first part was pretty good. The first third. 30- well, that's the only thing that had like that. Literally, you read the only I thing read, that I read the whole book. Like, they get 30, kidnapped 30 and there's pages. a crash. And yeah. then it's just sex. All 22-year-old <laughs> girls all get kidnapped. All get For abducted by aliens. And their ship crash- cr- crashes on this ice planet. And she goes out looking for, um, she goes out looking for food or people or something or help. But instead, she just ends up having a lot of sex for a while. I think she forgets about her. Friend. Does she? Oh, I like I said, as soon as as soon as she runs into the guy, I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, her friends get pretty pissed at her because she's like out having sex with this alien, and they're, and they're all they're like starving, starving in the spaceship. You know, I thought that would make a a good conversation. Me reading a romance novel, but evidently, Vonnie's not taking that bait. Nope. No coffee in no. the system yet. More like a fantasy with a whole bunch of sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there really romance in it or is it just sex? Um, There's a difference. Yeah, but you know what? It, it's the kind of way that that was. Because I thought maybe I could get past it if the writing was good enough. <laughs> I thought maybe I could get past it. So it was okay. The first 30 pages, I'm like, okay, this is not bad. And then the minute the guy shows up, he's like, my thong was all blah 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 he says some like my thumb was immediately Maybe. attracted to this female thing and i'm like oh jesus fucking cry you've got to be yeah. kidding me come on that's called porn not romance exactly porn. say so- it after with me say it after me boys and girls porn porn yeah. lady porn <laughs> lady porn is just sex in a book romance makes you want to throw up there's a difference hey now <laughs> but hey i thought now. maybe i could get into the porn a little i've, I've been known to enjoy a little porn you didn't read far enough it's a get... totally different feeling in your stomach if it's porn and romance one makes you want to throw <laughs> yeah. up one makes you want to light a candle and go into your underwear drawer in your bedroom <laughs> and find Tracy's <laughs> and find Tracy's dog. Uh-huh. Oh God! <laughs> yep, it was it was an, it was a little bit of an adventure. Honestly, I feel like I went on an adventure, and there With were Ted Roosevelt and some penis, and there were no rocks there. That's another adventure I have There's no ice. desire to go on. Is ice burying. Ice, ice, planet, ice planet, ice planet barbarian. barbarian. I love it. You the just like the big blue thing I've penis. Ever the yeah, what? I could. The big blue penis. Uh, <laughs> big blue penis. Yeah, did looks, I send you the big blue penis? You did. Ronnie? Oh, you not the ridge? Huh? Oh, uh, the one that I said looked like a duck. Yeah. It looked like a dead bird. It didn't look like a alien penis. but imagine it attached to this really tall alien with a tail oh let's not well, forget the tail, the tail. Might be more interesting than the penis and it looked it like it looks had like some sharp and pointy bits to it you know? yeah i know yeah. right but it did have a pair of rabbit ears so you see know. that's yes. what i was and thinking it had ridges whoever and yeah. it had a little spur at the bottom yeah that's where if the you're in the correct position was... it hits all the right things Oh. It was basically some author deciding what the perfect like penis would be for a person. I wonder um, if his wife had something to say about that. That blue. Was it a he that wrote the novel? 
No, it was a she. Oh, I was gonna say that the it didn't the first part of it yeah didn't, didn't feel like a, a guy was writing it. It wasn't talking about their breasts pressing pressing up against each other while they were being held captive. There was a lot of barf and stuff that happened in the yeah, first part. There's like twenty of those books. Yeah, and that's why I was like, and there maybe aren't I'm really even that missing many out. women on the ship. <laughs> Maybe I'm really missing out on something here. Maybe I should to give it a try. Maybe I should be open-minded. And guess what? I'm not very open-minded <laughs> as that happens. Also, ouchy. <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe it. Maybe when it gets you inside, it sort of readjusts itself for, for to fit the space. It's a bendable. It's a bendable. Yeah. Piece. Hopefully, those aliens know about foreplay. Well, if you had a gadget like that on you, you barely need any. Because <laughs> you got all the bits in the different places doing different stuff. Maybe there's a prehensile it's quality not a going robotic on. Robotic penis. <laughs> the opposite of what the uh, blue penis did to you. Exactly. Just think about Donald Trump. Yes. Well, think of Donald Trump's <laughs> penis and you'll be good I'm to go. I'm saying his name. You're gagging me, dude. <laughs> Donald Trump's Don't penis. say his name! <laughs> Think about those little tiny fingers. What? Bonnie, <laughs> okay. you are cut off. All right, that's, that is it for you, Missy. We're done. Go to your room, and that's going to do it for Three, Three Book, Book Girls. Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group three book girls tribe on facebook if you really love them share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events three book girls a steel trap production